Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. And now, Trey Biddy is brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai, Arkansas's number one Hyundai dealer, and Genesis of Conway, Arkansas's only Genesis dealer, Genesis of Conway, the future of luxury today. Now, here's Trey Biddy. Good afternoon, Mr. Trey Biddy. Hey, guys. Uh, recruiting coordinator Rick Schaefer has <laughs> eliminated at least one potential prospect who's put his name into the transfer portal. So I'll just go straight to the uh, Southern Structural Solutions buzz text line. Logan from Searcy says, just saw Alabama. the center from Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Just saw yeah. Alabama starting center just entered the transfer portal. Be a yeah. dream to get uh, for Arkansas, but probably can't afford him. Now he's turning to basketball. Y'all think Arkansas could have a chance? Oh, me. If he can play guard or tackle, right? Right. <laughs> it's amazing how hard people have, <laughs> how hard a time people have snapping the ball. Um, you know, I thought that Eric Mateos made a good point about, you know, you can whip a guy's tail, you know, 60 times, but it's the three times that he gets past you that uh, and he gets to the quarterback yeah. and you're a bum. Yeah. Um, and same kind of way with center, you know. I mean, if you can snap the ball great, but three bad snaps can, you know, one snap can ruin a drive. One bad snap can just totally torpedo, keep you behind the chains. Um, you know, and I brought up, you know, Tyler Wilson before when he was a freshman, I mean, guys, he could not take a snap under center. It was almost comical uh, how bad Tyler was at that. Obviously, he got a lot better at it over the years. But, uh, you know, it looks easy sometimes, I guess, but I guess it's not. Um, you know, s- snapping the ball didn't seem like it would be that difficult just to have the same motion over and over again. But um, I don't know. I guess I try to have the same motion over again with, with golf and fail at that. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're not on scholarship. And I'm not. Are you getting NIL money for your golf? I still get equally as upset. <laughs> I understand that pain, too. Uh, Trey, I, I watched, I guess it was Sunday, or no, Saturday, Saturday night, uh, Frank Ragnow, uh, who is now the center for the Detroit Lions. I mean, he looked at, he made it look easy. Uh Every snap that he made back to uh, golf looked almost perfect, and uh, Matthew Goff. So I thought Monday when the uh, game was being played with Alabama Mm -hmm. and Michigan, the poor center, McLaughlin, was turning that into a nightmare. From uh, I could only imagine what Arkansas went through uh, in those growing pains with Bo Limmer. Yeah, but this well, this Larry is had some growing pains. Yeah. By the way, I think you combined two Detroit quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. Stafford, Stafford, <laughs> Matthew, but Jared Goff. Jared yeah. Goff. Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> Goff is now with the Rams. My bad. Okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully they've done a good job in the transfer portal, and Addison Nichols can end up being the the center for them and and be a consistent snapper. Uh, it certainly seemed like it's a hard thing to find. I mean, you, you hear people say all the time, you know, we got to find somebody who can snap the ball, and they're not kidding. Well, it's just equally as important. Eli Stein has done a great job. You never talk about him, never mention his yeah. name. That's right. As the deep snapper for Arkansas. So that's, that's, uh, that's another plus. 
wonder if he could play. Wonder if he could play center rather. You want than, nobody? You want everybody to say, now, "Who is Eli Stein?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is Eli Stein? Yeah. All right, from our Gangster Museum of America live fan feedback, Larry says, "Guys, looking at Arkansas football the last ten years, we're not in a position to be focusing on out-of-state players, especially with Texas and Oklahoma coming into the league. Our Texas recruiting." is going to suffer. Parkview has nine to ten guys that are at the very least have SEC speed. Well, they have some. I don't know about yeah. nine or ten, but they've right. got some for sure. And Arkansas's offered uh, some of those guys. And um, I guess the, the latest would be Montario Elston, who is super electric. Not the biggest guy, 5'9". What is he, one, maybe less at 180? Yeah. Um, but over 800 receiving yards, over 800 rushing yards, that guy can really, really scoot. So he's the latest in-state offer. But you you can't just live on Arkansas, you know, in-state recruits. It's just it's just not going to work. There's just the population. First of all, isn't big enough, and secondly, Arkansas just doesn't produce a lot per capita. On top of that, in terms of populate, in terms of you know, uh, in-state talent. Now there have been guys that Arkansas has not offered that have left the state, uh, who've had successful careers, but it's not many. It, it is not many that have done that, and so. You have to recruit Texas. That is, if you look back at any, you know, great Arkansas team, a lot of the players come from the state of Texas. Now, Sam Pittman has kind of shifted that focus a little bit uh, to recruiting more traditional SEC states. You see a lot more activity in Alabama and Georgia and Mississippi, and they've got some very good players out of those states too. But you have to recruit every state that touches you and probably a little bit beyond that. You have to treat Tulsa like it's an extension of your state. And Tulsa is closer to Fayetteville than Little Rock is. Uh, you have to treat Memphis like it's an extension of your state. Um, so that's just that's kind of how you have to go about it. Uh, you know, a big problem I, I feel like is, you know, just the – and we said before, you know, the good Lord didn't make a lot of guys that are 6'5", 300 – 15, 320 pounds that are super athletic with fast twitch muscle fibers. There's just not a lot of people out there. And, you know, for whatever reason, Arkansas hasn't produced a whole lot of those over the years. Um, there are a few. You know, there's a guy named Charleston Collins inside the state who's tearing it up at the uh, at the All-America practices right now. Um, and when you get those guys inside the state, then you you got to offer them. But, man, I can't remember – I can't remember a year in Arkansas where there's been – more than 12, you know, and that's those are pretty pretty rare elite years. It's back probably when Houston Nutt was coach at Arkansas when you'd see him maybe maybe target 12 guys from inside the state. You just don't see that many uh, generally 70s inside and 80s. the state. 70s and 80s. 70s and 80s back that. when there was not an 85 scholarship cap. Well, and you, know, you what also was it? had – but you also had Central Arkansas was a producer of products back – players back then. Little Rock Central was stronger than Dirt. The Pine Bluff schools were strong. In fact, Arkansas lost some to Oklahoma out of Pine Bluff. Mm-hmm. So th- there were more prospects, and I think part of that is a reflection of, um, you know, the Little Rock situation where they're not producing players like they did at one time. Yeah. But I would yeah, say totally than, different era, than, too, I mean, uh, in, in, in oh, yeah, terms of – definitely. But I would say other know. than suggesting to you, Trey, that they sign at least eight every year out of Arkansas, I would suggest you be the recruiting coordinator at Arkansas and get them back in Texas – you're, you're yeah. <laughs> exactly right. I mean, I don't get this. You're Okay, fine, you get a player or two out of Georgia because of connections, but 
Um, okay, let's say you get a three-and-a-half star out of Texas. He might be better than a five-star somewhere else. Okay, you don't get the best that A&M and Texas want, but you can get players you can beat those schools with. I think you just got to draw from everywhere. Yeah, um, Tulsa, you know, Memphis, I, I you're exactly think, right. You are I don't right. think most years – you know, Arkansas is you know, a smaller state compared to – you know the other yes. most of the other SEC schools exactly, but and that's why we see a lot of fluctuation. You may see a year where, hey, there's 12 guys who are viable options inside the state this year, and you might see another year where it's more like six, and that right. seems like a huge fluctuation when you're right. dealing with Arkansas versus you know Texas, where there's, you know, one year there's 350 Division One signees, and one year there's, you know, 412 Division One signees. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't seem like as big as a, a a change, but for Arkansas, it's it seems a little bit more dramatic, but. Now, I don't think that eight is unreasonable. I mean, there's there's eight this year, you know, easy. Yeah, so exactly. So and you're right. They didn't get them all. <laughs> that, that's right. That's exactly right. But if you get all of those, and then it, it limits to what you have to have out of state. But you're right, Texas. And I know it's tough to get players out of Louisiana because of LSU, but it's not impossible. Let's say LSU's recruiting 30 guys. Could you get two of them? Maybe. And if mm-hmm. so, that helps your program. LSU, Louisiana makes a lot of sense to me to recruit because LSU is kind of like Arkansas. There's not another, you know, power five school in the state, and they have pretty much exclusive access. The only school that's really coming in and beating LSU for an in-state talent uh, is is Alabama. You know, every once in a while Alabama will reach in there and get one or two, but – Baton Rouge is not far from Houston, which is a talent hotbed, and the state of Louisiana is going to produce probably anywhere from 15 to 24 star talents every single yes. year. You're right. And yeah. LSU just isn't going to take them all. They just and so there's all and the, another thing I like about you know kids from Louisiana is they get snub feeling. You know they they kind of Brett Bielema pointed this out. You know Louisiana kids are a lot like Florida kids. You know it seems like that they have kind of a similar nature. Um, and they sometimes have a chip on their shoulder, uh, you know, and some angst against the in-state school when they don't offer. So when you go down there and play, you know, I can remember back, was it 2015, you had several players from the state of Louisiana on that team that went down there and thumped LSU at night. Yep. Um, you know, and there were some Louisiana players that played a really big role in that game. You're right, 100%. That's All what right. I say. Take eight a year, and you can be the recruiting coordinator, Trey. I'm for you. <laughs> I, think you're doing, I think you're exactly right on all of this. Trey, this has to be equally as confusing as how long it took XYZ to enter in the transfer portal, yada, yada, yada. What in the world is going on with Kenny Guyton? Uh, You had had an article today, Mm -hmm. uh, Arkansas wide receivers, coach candidates. And I'm thinking, uh, Rick used to always say say this, I didn't know there was an opening. I didn't know there was an yeah. opening because yeah. apparently Kenny Guyton is still the receivers coach at Arkansas. It's an interesting situation. Normally I would never put out a list of candidates for a job, if but there are coaches that are interviewing for this job. I mean, Gracious. it's wow. it's open, and uh, I don't know what the delay is, but there's something. Well, does that mean Kenny Guyton is going to Wisconsin, or is he just told maybe it's good to go somewhere else? I, as I understand it, he is all but official at Wisconsin. Okay. Um, and Arkansas is looking for a receivers coach. Wonder why they haven't announced it. They're, they're through their bowl game and they're recruiting yeah, right now. Yeah, exactly. there's there's some it? kind of reason. You know, like we asked that question too with 
why a player might have waited till a certain point with NIL, and mm-hmm. a lot of times it comes down to contract and stuff. I don't know exactly what this situation is. Um, I believe Wisconsin just announced the hire of another coach, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. a defensive coach. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe they're wanting to do it one by one, let everybody have their day. I don't know what it is exactly, but um, what I do know is that you know this is this. It's not just like Petrino's hire, but you know Pittman wants him to bring in a guy that has experience with that offense, and that's what you typically see with a coordinator when they come in. I don't think that Dan Enos did that, and maybe he should have, but um, usually when you see a new coordinator, they bring a guy with them who knows their offense. And so, you know, I've gone down the list and looked at just about, I've looked at everybody going back to 2002 Auburn of who has connections and familiarity uh, with Bobby Petrino and working in his offense. Uh, The North Carolina wide receivers coach, uh, you know, goes way back with him. Um, I mean, there's, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of guys. There's probably seven. Um, And, and out of those, you know, there's probably fewer than that that are would be considered viable options. A couple have been, you know, out of college coaching. <laughs> so, uh, th- I mean, a guy that makes a lot of sense would be Garrick McGee in in one in one sense. But at the same time, you know, he's with Jeff Brom at Louisville. They just won ten games. Jeff Brom isn't going anywhere. Garrick McGee has moved seven times in the last seven years, seven different Ooh, jobs. Oh my gosh! Uh, I know his son Cam. I remember when he was born. He's got to be about thirteen or so. I would think that he's probably looking for a little bit of stability at this point in his career. Yeah. And you know, you're looking at the Arkansas job. You say, well, you know, if they don't, they don't yeah. win next year, right. I could be looking for my ninth place in nine mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Versus, you're right. Good point. So. Plus, Garrick makes 425 at Louisville, and wow. Kenny Guyton was making 340 last year at Arkansas. You're already paying Bobby Petrino 400,000 more than Dan Enos was making. Plus, you had to pay Dan Enos's buyout, and so your salary pool, not even including the buyouts, already 400,000 dollars more. I would think to make it at least enticing, you know, from a salary standpoint, you'd have to go up a hundred thousand more you know so what's your assistant coach salary pool also so i just think there's a lot of things that kind of stand in the way um you know paul petrino i look at him and you know he's coordinator offensive coordinator at uh central michigan he's making north of one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year there Mm -hmm. um i don't know if like damien craig's unemployed damien craig's unemployed yeah. Damian Craig makes the most sense. I he mean, does. he's You're right. he's he was at Texas A&M since 2018. He coached under Petrino last year. Um, obviously, they're using Petrino's offense, but it was Jimbo Fisher's terminology, which was a bit of a struggle uh, from Petrino. He's been pretty open about that. But he obviously knows the offense, may have to learn some terminology. But, uh, you know, he makes a lot of sense. Uh, Mike Elko brought him in his own wide receivers coach, and, and you know, this guy – Damian Craig, I can remember when he was playing, but he, uh, you know, he's got a lot of experience in the SEC and also coached at Florida State, so he makes a lot of sense. You know, I mentioned Paul. I just don't know that, um, you know, the impression, and I could be way off base, but the impression I got from Paul was, yes, he loved being here. Yes, loved working with his brother, but also, you know, at the time, at least, seemed like he wanted to really advance his career, be his own play caller, which he did when he went to Illinois. Then Ron Zook got fired, and he came back, and, you know, it was 2012, and all that stuff happened, and, um, you know, it was just kind of a disaster from there. But, uh, you know, he spent nine years at Idaho. I just don't know. He's made over $10 million, you know, in his coaching career. Um, so I don't know if just – 
you know, making another 100000 maybe that's something that moves the needle for him. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But um, so to me, Damian Craig makes the most sense. Uh, now, there was a guy, Appleby, I'm forgetting his first name, but he was he's only 30 Austin. years old. He played. Yeah, he played at uh, at Florida. Played at Purdue before that. Uh, he was a quarterback, but he was the um, he was the wide receivers coach at Missouri State, and he is at UAB now. So maybe that's a guy to consider. And you know, Michael Smith. I, I, I've always loved Michael Smith. I thought he did a great job with the talent that he had. Keon Hatcher, Drew Morgan were some of his wide receivers when he was here. He's certainly been around the block. I know that he would love to come back to Fayetteville. In fact, uh, um, I checked a message I had from him back in. Man, I think it was 2021 or something, maybe when uh, Guyton, before Guyton was hired, and he was just like, man, I'd love to come back. Uh, so, um, but it, the thing with Guy, uh, excuse me, with, uh, uh, with uh, Michael Smith is he didn't have any connections at all with Petrino. He does with, mm. with Pittman, but he never worked with Petrino. So I think if it went to Smith, it would just be kind of a situation where, you know, things just didn't work out with the guys with, with familiarity um, with Petrino's offense. All right, I've got a couple of questions for you, but first let's talk with Joe. We'll try to squeeze them all in. Joe, you got a question or comment for Trey? Yeah, hey, hey, Trey. I was just wondering if uh, how Quincy McAdoo, any update on Quincy McAdoo, and that's it. Thanks. Yeah, I wish I had that every day. It's going to get asked. I promise. I promise. Nobody will have to ask when I have that news. (laughs) I will put it out. All right, Trey. Hey, when's the next time you can talk to Pittman, though? Spring practice. I would. Maybe maybe the second signing day. Second signing day, as long as they sign some guys, which they should. Yeah. I mean, there was one year where they didn't, you know. Yeah. Uh, But that was pre-transfer portal. But. Yeah, they should have some signees, obviously, this time. So hopefully we'll get another press conference. All right, Trey, this is from our Gangster Museum of America Life and Feedback. Kenneth says, can you ask Trey, should there be any worry about LSU potentially targeting T-Will? I've read a couple of articles suggesting he may be a target. Well, today, Brian Kelly cleaned out the defensive staff, yep. including his coordinator at LSU. Well, I'm sure that uh... – Brian Kelly has a good idea where he's headed um, after making a move like that. That's pretty drastic. But I can understand why he did it. You know, I'm watching the Washington game, and I'm looking at uh, Michael Penix, and I'm thinking, man, I might have should have voted this guy the Heisman. I think maybe if, if I'd done mm-hmm. it after that game, I might have voted for him. But the reason I voted Jaden Daniels, I went by against my policy on Heisman voting. I always say if you're a quarterback, especially at a blue blood, uh, you need to, you need to like be winning your division at minimum, you know. And they didn't do that; they went nine and three. Uh, but his numbers were so ridiculous. I was just thinking, can I really punish him for giving up fifty-five to Ole Miss, for giving up forty-nine to Missouri, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I, I can't remember what the other one, but it was you know, almost fifty points than the other loss that they had. And you know, I talked myself out of it, but. Uh, they obviously put up offense, but their defense was not very good last year. That's not surprising uh, to say. So, if it were me, yeah, I would look at I would look at T. Will. I would look at T. Will and and Arkansas's defensive coaching staff. Well, I mean, you just lost your they job did as recruiting job. coordinator. You just, you just lost your hey, job. Hey, I was asked the question. <laughs> 
Well, I didn't say, I didn't Brian say they can, should take it. But well, uh, the great thing is you're not Brian Kelly, and he's not you, so let's yeah, hope he looks yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Well, he, he had no shame in coming in and taking um, uh, Brad Davis uh, no. right after spring football <laughs> no. a couple years ago. Uh, KG says, Trey, I see Jalen Catalan is back in the transfer portal. Do you think his next land – do you know his next landing spot with Arkansas? Consider bringing him back. I understood he left because of the uh, lack of a great NIL package to begin with. Well, his NIL package to be to be, led him to Texas was pretty solid. I mean, it was – but now he probably doesn't have that there. There's no way. There's and he no had an way NIL that he package has. here, and he only played a game or two. So uh, you know, you you got to play to. Here's paid, the right? Arkansas just wasn't willing at the time to pay a guy, you know, all SEC NIL money, um, who'd played one of the last 20 games for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and Texas was willing to do that, and that's ultimately why Jalen Catalan ended up there, and. Um, yeah, I mean, his price tag would have to come way down. All right, Trey, we will talk with you tomorrow. That is Trey Biddy of hogsports.com being brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai and Genesis of Conway.